Wando, and on this podcast, we look at the best sports myths, conspiracy theories, controversies, and what-if questions. On this week's episode, we are looking at the Sonny Liston Ali second fight, and whether or not Sonny Liston took a dive. All right, let's go. All right, so this week's episode, we are looking at the conspiracy theory of whether or not Sonny Liston took a dive in his second fight against Muhammad Ali. Um, And doing some research into this, there's a lot of conspiracy behind this. There's also, you know, there's the second fight, and then also some conspiracy that kind of goes into the first fight. So before we dive into this full conspiracy, I want to talk a little bit about the first fight. Um, But I want to start at the very beginning with talking a little bit about Sonny Liston himself. So Sonny Liston, first of all, he starts off in complete intrigue here with he was born sometime between 1930 and 1932. He does not have a birth certificate. So even he wasn't for sure of what his birthday was growing up. So like some people always had him build like younger. Some had him always build older. Like when I heard that, it made me think of like the Dan- the Danny Almani stuff from like the Little League World Series or um, those of us who remember Miguel Tejada, for those of you who don't. He was a shortstop who played for like the A's. Um, then he went to the Orioles and he played for the Astros and a bunch of other teams. But he always claimed to be born in 1976. And then like near like he'd been in the league for a long time. I think it was around 2008. Um, all of a sudden this like report comes out and says like, yeah, actually he's not that old. He's actually two years older than that. And then he kind of he wasn't happy about it, but he later kind of confirmed. He's like, yeah, I wasn't born in 1976. I was born in 1974. So whenever I think about, like, someone who might be older than they claim to be, I always think about, like, Miguel Tejada. Um, But Sonny Liston, he was born in Arkansas. And the reason that he doesn't have a birth certificate is because Arkansas didn't require them until 1965, which I think is a little nuts, Arkansas. Um, Like, just, like, for keeping track of people, it just seems like a good idea. It doesn't surprise me that Arkansas like would do this. Be like, ah, we don't want any more paperwork. Um, like honestly, if that you were told me like, hey, which of these states didn't require birth certificates until the like mid '60s, Arkansas and that kind of region would have been one of my first couple guesses. Um, but yeah, so no one really knew Sonny Liston's birth date, and uh, so. That's one of the first little things that intrigue about him. But Sonny Liston, as he got older, he kind of got into trouble. His parents moved him to St. Louis. He gets there. He doesn't do too well in school. So he starts running around with gangs and everything. Um, he literally actually gets a, he's, gets involved in a lot of robbery stuff and literally gets known as the yellow shirt bandit, uh, bandit because of almost every time that he commits a robbery, he's wearing this yellow shirt. Um He's eventually caught and arrested, and he's given five years in prison. Um, like, it's really funny. You can read the articles. He goes, like, I, he didn't complain about prison. He was always just like, I got served three meals a day. It was kind of like he enjoyed the structure and the guaranteed food, which I think is pretty funny. 
Um, but uh, so you have that, but he only serves two years. He eventually is kind of released into this kind of like parole program. Um, and during this time, he starts to train to be a boxer. And eventually he gets in the fight game and uh, lo and behold, he's really good. So Sonny Liston's all-time career win-loss record um, is 50-4 and four with 39 wins by knockout. So he's an extremely good boxer. Um, he wins, you know, he wins the championship eventually, which he does eventually lose to Muhammad Ali. So he gets into this fight with Muhammad Ali, the very first Muhammad Ali fight. And during this, during the fight, there's kind of like two small like issues going on. Well, it's not small, but there are two problems going on. One is the idea that basically Sonny Liston's apparently Sonny Liston's corner is putting some sort of like chemical, whether like it's, you know, Vaseline or something on Sonny Liston's glove. So that when he's kind of to like blind, I don't know if the, the full on goal was to blind Muhammad Ali, but definitely make him difficult to see. So that's one big thing is whether, you know, Sonny Liston's side is playing kind of dirty in this fight. The other problem is Muhammad Ali is walking in that first fight as an eight to one underdog. Um, Back then, you know, once again, the betting odds, especially with boxing, you know, if the if the over if the, the betting favorite doesn't win, there's a lot of conspiracy. A lot of people think it's a fix. The fix is in. So he's an eight to one underdog. The betting favorite is Sonny Liston. Um, after six rounds of Sonny Liston's getting the crap kicked out of him. Like Sonny Liston's getting in his shots, but like I watched back the fight, like the highlights. Thank you, whoever is, you know, keeping these highlights going. And Sonny Liston's getting worked over pretty good. He's sitting on the stool waiting for the seventh round to start, and he just gives up. He's done. Um and so there's a lot of people who wondered, hey, did he did he make money on this? Like, like people instantly thought the fix is in, because why would Sun, like the great Sonny Liston give in to this no name? You know, Muhammad Ali wasn't Muhammad Ali at the time. He was still Cassius Clay. Um, so a lot of people going all the way back to their first fight have had some apprehension around Sonny Liston. Um and there's many reasons because of that, whether it's because of things that have happened in this fight, things that happened in the second fight, and some of the people that he's affiliated with. So let's get into the second fight and whether or not Sonny Liston took a dive. And let's start with our first segment in What Do We Know? So in What Do We Know, we kind of talk about the concrete facts, things that we can for sure prove. Um, there, you know, there's people there, there's evidence, there's recorded video, all that good stuff. So first of all, like I said before, we got to talk about the first fight a little bit more. So the first fight happened uh, between Ali and Liston on February 25th, 1964 in Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, Muhammad Ali won in the seventh round. It was basically in between the sixth and seventh round. Uh, Sonny Liston, who is, you know, he's been beaten up pretty badly during this fight, even as a, you know, he is a heavy favorite in this fight. Uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, who at the time was Cassius Clay, he was an eight to one underdog, which, you know, the odds back then for that is huge. 
Um, he's going to beat up pretty bad. And in between, after the sixth round, before the seventh round starts, he's kind of just sitting there on his stool and then he just decides he's done. And so instantly that throws everyone into the idea of like, this is a fix. And that's because you have this monster in Sonny Liston. Once again, his end career statistics, he was 50 and four with 39 knockouts. Prime Sonny Liston just knocking dudes out left and right. We're talking like, I'm not in the speed of which Mike Tyson did, but the same thing. Like the fact that you're seeing him go longer in fights, you're like what's going on? Like he's knocking dudes out by now. So the fight goes a little bit longer than some people expect. And then he loses. And not only he doesn't lose by like the traditional means of like a knockout or a decision, he gives up, you know, and I can't blame him for giving up. Once again, I'm not even going to get involved in a boxing fight. But if I was, I'm running around for as long as I can and then trying to quit, you know, and then or like any any decent punch. And I say decent, probably any like a bad punch from a boxer is probably going to knock me out. Uh, so I can't blame Sonny Lester for quitting. Uh, but he quits. And so people instantly think, OK, something's going on. Uh, and so both of them are instantly thrown into controversy about whether or not this fight was fixed. Shortly after the fight, both of them get into separate controversies. So first you have uh, Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston, like basically three weeks later, is arrested uh, for speeding, careless and reckless driving, driving without a license, and carrying a concealed weapon, and was going between 76 and 80 miles per hour with a 22 caliber revolver on him. Um, during this time, also Congress is starting to investigate boxing, and sports, and he becomes kind of like their poster boy for like the dark side of sports. And it was just really bad timing because he already had like a bad reputation because he was an ex-con. Uh, some of the people he was affiliated with early in his career. Um, so this is like the last thing he needed. He didn't need like this, you know, another spotlight on him. That's exactly what he got at like the worst possible time. On the other, so you have Congress coming after Sonny Liston and basically saying he's a terrible example. Then on the other side of like the like the political spectrum, what you have is Cassius Clay joining a group known as the Black Muslims. And then right after that, basically, the U.S. government kind of condemns that group. And then also Martin Luther King like comes out against Cassius Clay, who would soon become Muhammad Ali. And Martin Luther King says, of Muhammad Ali, quote, he became a champion of racial segregation. So both guys are kind of in like involved in issues they probably don't like want to be. Like their names can drag through the news in like less than kind words. Um, so this is after the first fight. Um, so during this time, because of the controversy going on between them, it was kind of hard to get the second fight off the ground. They're trying to make it happen. Um, one other major big problem that made it hard for this fight to happen is the WBC wasn't big on rematches. You know, we are so common with like fights nowadays that, you know, th there's like a series so often, like as long as it's not like very one-sided, they definitely want to, you know, make this a series. Um, but back then the WBC wasn't huge on it. Um, and so here comes our first problem. So get, when they get when they're getting the first fight lined up, Muhammad Ali kind of signs a contract with a new company, 
who says that, hey, if Muhammad Ali wins, we kind of have the rights to run his contract for his first fight as champion. And as his first fight, he has the right to pick who his challenger will be. So he kind of makes a deal with the Sunny Liston camp that says, hey, if I win, we'll run this back with me as champion. Well, the WBC is not too big about that. They eventually find out and they're like, this is kind of shady. So because of that, they stripped uh, Muhammad Ali of the WBC title that he had won from Sonny Liston. And then they dropped Sonny Liston from the WBC rankings. So you have that already happen. Um, the New York Athletic you know, Commission, they still recognize him, Muhammad Ali, as the champion. And so do other groups. But for all intents and purposes, the WBC is like, you're not our champion anymore. And then, you know, list and you're out of the rankings. But eventually they're like, we're going to have this fight happen. The other big problem during uh, that happens during this is eventually Malcolm X gets assassinated. And so they have all these fight destinations planned, but because of Muhammad Ali and his close ties um, like to Malcolm X and his organizations, people are afraid that he's going to get assassinated too. Like literally there's like, he has government security eventually put on him because there was such a strong belief people were going to come and try to kill him as well. So trying to get any venue to hold this fight becomes increasingly difficult to eventually them getting, they eventually get a day figured out. And that is May 25th, 1965. But the place that it's held is probably the last place you'd expect. I'm going to give you a second. I'm going to pause here. What state do you think this fight was held in? Massive rematch, you know, of a huge boxing match. Where do you think it was held? I'll pause for a second. Or you can pause here. Okay, well, I don't think you guessed the right answer. If you did, you're a liar. They held it in Maine. They, it was the first and only title fight that happened in Maine, probably for normal reasons. Um, I'm sure the Athletic Commission of Maine might be hard nowadays, but it's also, it's Maine. Maine is great if you want to go for a nice B&B, you know. It's not really where you want to go to for a big boxing fight. Um, but it's in Lewiston, Maine, and they have this venue that only could hold like 2,500 fans. And so they get the fight on, you know, on deck and it happens. So we eventually, we are here and in the first round, um, things are going, you know, pretty normally. And then all of a sudden, Muhammad Ali lands this weird punch he would later call an anchor punch. So it kind of looks like he's, and you can see the highlights online. He looks like he's kind of just punching down. It doesn't look like he gets all of Sunny Liston. The camera angle does not help with this. Um, but the way like it looks, like it doesn't look like a full-on knockout punch. But he hits Sonny Liston, and Sonny Liston goes down. During this whole entire time, Muhammad Ali is like running around the ring, basically like dancing on the corpse of Sonny Liston. And then Sonny Liston is kind of he's down on the ground for a full 10 seconds. He like he gets up, then he falls down again. It's a really weird, like his. You know, if he's trying to argue that he's trying to get back in the fight because he's kind of up and then he's down and he's it's really weird. Um, but during this whole time, the ref never makes a count. Um, because according to the and actually it's found out later, the way that it that it works in Maine for their boxing fights is that the ref's job is to get the other opponent into a neutral corner. And actually the timekeeper starts making counts. 
that's actually what's supposed to happen. So some people who said like, oh, the referee didn't do his job. Like, no, according to main rules, he was doing his job. He didn't get Muhammad Ali into a neutral corner. So he could have asked the timekeeper to start his count over, um, but he didn't, um, which I can't blame him. You know, Muhammad Ali was, you know, an amazing figure who I'm sure at that point was super amped up. And he's just like, I, you try getting that guy back into a neutral corner. Um, so during the time when the refs kind of preoccupied with Muhammad Ali, um, the timekeeper did keep track. And then when like, but like Sonny Liston gets back up and then Muhammad Ali's like, okay, you're back up. Let's get back to fighting. And the ref's kind of distracted. And it's kind of because the timekeeper saying to him like, no, dude, this fight's over. He was down for like 11 seconds. Um, and so then the ref runs in and he calls up the fight. He goes, no, no, no. Like this is over. And so everyone's super confused because, you know, you have not only this weird punch that no one can tell, how strong it was, depending on your angle. You're wondering, did it even hit him? And then you have Muhammad Ali, he's running around. You have a ref who's not making a count. Um, you have Sonny Liston, who's kind of writhing on the ground, then getting back up, then he's writhing again. Then the fight's just over. And instantly, people are like, here we go again. The fix is in. The fight, because the fight's over. It's a first-round knockout. Um and, you know, once again, it doesn't help that you're doing this in this small, you know, venue in Maine. Because then, then it, you know, adds fuel to the fire. People going like, yeah, of course the fix is in. If you really were, weren't trying to hide anything, you would do this, you know, in New York, or Boston, or Chicago. Um, so, yeah, we have now our second controversy in the Muhammad Ali, Sunny Liston saga, in which people wonder... Now, this time, did Sonny Liston take a dive? To analyze this further, we need to go into our first train stop of the day, Speculation Station. So in Speculation Station, we deal with, you know, the pure speculation. You know, what things do we think is shady about, you know, what all happened? And the biggest thing that people have a question and just they wonder about is the actual punch that knocked, you know, quote unquote, knocked out Sonny Liston. So the punch was later a punch that Muhammad Ali would call an anchor punch. And like I said, you can go watch the video and it's just this weird downward punch. And there's a couple things that hurt the punch. Like when you're trying to look at it from a fight, one it doesn't look like it hits him that well. Like, there's some people who argue, like, they call that a phantom punch. Like, it didn't hit him. Like, I definitely think it hit him. But the way it looks, it doesn't look like a, like a minute, like a terrible blow. Um, once again, this is coming from someone who is not a boxer. So I'm sure that punch would knock me out. But I'm not Sonny Liston, who's been beating the crap out of people for years. So it's not a surprise it would knock me out. The fact that it knocked him out, made people, you know, going like, what's going on? I think it's also hurt by the era it's done, you know, in. There's, like, one camera angle, and it's a really bad one for Sonny Liston. Because, uh, basically, the camera angle that you can mostly see is Sonny Liston. You see Sonny Liston's back, and you see Muhammad Ali's face. You see him do the punch, but you never get, like, a reverse angle of Sonny Liston. Like, you know, we never get to see the, the connection to his face. We never get to see it um, where this happened nowadays, you know, UFCs, if this was a UFC fight, you know, we put them into MMA. There was like 90 cameras around that, that octagon. We're going to see it. 
even nowadays in boxing, there's more than one camera. There aren't a ton of cameras around um, seeing what's going down in this fight. So when the punch happens, you know, people, especially like some people who are in that stadium, uh, I don't know if you can call it stadium at 2,500 people in that venue who had the same angle as us. They're like, what do you mean he's down? Barry looked like it even touched him. Um, and so I definitely think though the punch hit him. It's just how strong of a punch wasn't like, it wasn't like the first fight. The first fight went on for six rounds. He quit, you know, Sonny Liston quit in between the sixth and seventh round. This is the first round. He's fresh. He's ready to go. Sonny Liston, you would hopefully hope he is. And he gets this weird punch and it just knocks him out. And so for a lot of people, that's just raised a lot of eyebrows. Another big one, um, like I mentioned before, so referee Jersey Joe Walcott didn't administer a count. He was focused on Ali and was told by the timekeeper that Liston didn't get up in time and had collapsed again. So Ali was declared the winner. Um, so it was like this weird start and stop to the fight. So because, you know, Sonny Liston gets knocked down. Muhammad Ali starts, you know, celebrating just like he's talking trash. Um, he doesn't know the fight's over yet, but, you know, he's dancing around. Um, like the normal show voting antics, like that we came, you know, that we've grown to love. Like I loved him of Muhammad Ali, like that was normal stuff. And so the referees focused on that and maybe some of the people in Maine don't understand what's going on either. You know, they, maybe they didn't know the rules that, Hey, actually the timekeeper is the one who administers the count, but all people see is this referee who's not paying attention to Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston's on the ground from a weird punch. And then all of a sudden, Sonny Liston's back up. The fight's kind of started. And Sonny Liston, like, if you see the highlights, he's ready to go. He's good to go. But the timekeeper tells him, he goes, like, no, like, he fell down again. He never got up, and it's been more than 10 seconds. So then the fight's just over. And so, you know, people are very much confused there. There are people, there's one guy who hopped in the ring and yelled, fix. Like, they, people are, after that first fight, they don't trust anything when it comes to this fight. Um, another problem is Muhammad Ali ha- like doesn't know if he even hit him. So uh, basically there's a moment after the fight where he asks one of his guys, he's like, did I hit him? Did I hit him? And then uh, like, I'm paraphrasing it. And one of the guys like, no, like you didn't. And the one of his other guys like, he hit him so fast that Ali didn't even realize. Like, it's probably like what I was hyped to. It's like, yeah, dude, like you hit him so fast. Like you didn't even realize that you hit him. So there's like recordings of you and that of like Muhammad Ali not even knowing if he hit him or not. That's what kind of throws it. Another thing that kind of throws the whole thing into question, Um, which I understand. It's not like, once again, I think the biggest thing I could tell you to do is kind of pause what we're doing, obviously come back and go watch the highlight on YouTube. It's not a strong punch. And eventually it wasn't even like something that had started. Muhammad Ali later goes on to say, that it was a punch called the anchor, an anchor punch that he had learned from like a comedian. Which like, when I heard that, like it just made me think like, is it like a show punch then? Like it's supposed to look strong, but it's like not. As a fan of professional wrestling, part of professional wrestling is, you know, throwing strikes that look strong, but obviously aren't going to hurt the person you're working with. Um. You know, there are some wrestlers who work stiff, and that means, like, they are just going to lay it in on each other and just hopefully don't beat up each other too bad. But, uh, 
when you have, you know, a real boxing fight, obviously you're going to throw real punches. So it's kind of weird that he learned Muhammad Ali, like learned to punch from like a comedian. I thought that was kind of weird that he said that, but yeah, he doesn't know if he hit him. And then you have Sonny Liston's wife. And basically what she talks about um, is she later did like a sports century thing um, for ESPN classic. And she has this quote that she says, um, and this is what she says, quote, I think Sonny gave the second fight away. I swear. He said, no, you win. Uh, like, no, you win and you lose. I said in the first round. So it's like, you know, now we have his wife saying that she thinks that he gave it away. And she, she recollects hearing him having this conversation with Muhammad Ali about losing. So there's a lot of smoke here that says like, hey, maybe this fight was fixed. Another big issue. So we go back to the past of Sonny Liston. When Sonny Liston eventually got out of prison, he started to work, he started to train as a fighter, and he got involved with um, some people who were involved with the, with the mob. And so he had always these mob ties. So people wondered, hey, could the mob have been coming back through him Um you know, trying to get some money or stuff like that. Cause basically like he was not like, like Sonny Liston, let's get this straight. Sonny Liston like was not like directly in a, in the mafia, but what he was is like some of the people he was affiliated with in boxing were like affiliates. He was like a friend of a friend, but close enough that, you know, there was speculation like when, uh, you know, Sonny Liston's brought in by Congress and all these things. And like, people are wondering about the fight game. Like people, ask questions about the mafia and their involvement in like boxing. Cause it was very much a concern of people like, are these fights rigged or not? Do these people have a hand in that? So there are some people who wonder that about Sonny Liston. Maybe he took a dive in these fights because that's when he had the most money to gain uh, was, Hey, like, you know, bet against yourself. You're an eight to one, you know, like this other guy facing you is eight to one underdog. You can make a ton of money then. A lot of people thought, hey, he'd uh, by losing the first fight, he's making himself a lot of money because he's guaranteeing him a second fight, which then, you know, when there's a big upset, who doesn't want to watch that rematch? And as we found out later, how they'd kind of made a side deal that he was going to get a rematch if he lost kind of makes the first fight a little bit more suspect. So there's a lot of people who think this fight is fixed. Um and, you know, deservedly so. But before I can make my call on the field, uh, we need to trim some fat off this conspiracy theory. And I'm not so sure about that. So in, I'm not so sure about that. We kind of trim off the fat of this lie, specific, uh, you know, and the speculation around it. Uh, the first part I want to trim off is the mob angle. There's some people who believe that, hey, maybe Sonny Liston owed money to the mob or something like that, or like that's why he dove in not only maybe the first fight, but then the second fight. I think that's kind of a weak angle. I think, first of all, it's easy to go that route. I think there is a history of involvement of the mob and the and boxing. There is there's no two ways around it. We can't ignore what we've recorded. But First of all, it was to be expected. You took a violent activity of fighting 
and you held it in major cities where there was a lot of mob activity. That's not surprising. A good way they could make money in a way that a lot of, you know, mafia families made money was through gambling, whether it's through them taking bets or placing bets. So to see them involved in this, in this violent of a sport where it's kind of easy to get to the participants shouldn't surprise people. But I feel like it's an easy answer to go to. Like, oh, yeah, the mob fixed it. doesn't always have to be that way. Um, another thing is the way they're making it seem is that there's like this really close direct tie to the mob and Sonny Liston, where in reality there really wasn't. Um, the way that I think about his ties to the mafia is best summed up in a movie called Spaceballs. There's a line in it where Dark Helmet's talking to a guy named Lone Star, and it's a parody of Star Wars. And he says, I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. And then Lone Star replies, so what does that make us? And Dark Helmet replies, absolutely nothing. And that's kind of Sonny Liston's, you know, connection to the mafia. Like he worked with a guy who worked with a guy who worked with a guy who kind of was like affiliated with the mafia. But it wasn't like there was like this direct connection you know, for it. Yeah, you can pull the strings, but I'm sure if you go through enough of my work, even like in what I do, you can probably find some shady people, you know, if we're doing six degrees of separation here. So I think the mob angle is kind of weak. Um, I think also everyone kind of points to the punch and I'm not going to rule out the punch. The punch is weird, but I think the way that we all, that everyone kind of dismisses like, oh, that's a weak punch. And even I talk about it. A punch is still a punch from a Muhammad, like a Muhammad Ali. Like, once again, Mike Tyson's worst punch is probably still going to knock me out. These are world-class fighters. It should not surprise you that they could knock someone out with a single punch. That's kind of their job. So I think people being very dismissive of that is kind of weird. Because, yeah, like we said, I think it's a weird punch. I don't think it's the strongest-looking punch. But it's still a punch from a world-class fighter. So, once again, we as, you know, non-trained boxers, if there's someone out there who's listening and you're a trained boxer, please fill me in. But, once again, I think you could take anyone on an undercard of a big boxing fight and you had them give me that same punch. It's probably going to knock me out. Even though it may not look strong, probably can do the job so i think to dismiss it just because we think it looks weaker is kind of you know just wrong you know like it just doesn't feel like you can just dismiss it just because we think it looks weak i think we kind of like if there was a way that we could test out the punch like we could get prime muhammad ali back like all right give us all the anchor punch it would give us a better you know idea of what we're dealing with so those are kind of my two qualms with the conspiracy theory. Those two parts kind of, they don't sit right with me. Um, but now I kind of got all the information I need to go to the call on the field. So with the call on the field, I have two options. I either can confirm what happened and say, yes, this definitely didn't. Or I can overturn it and say, no, I don't think this conspiracy theory or event happened. I just don't have enough to go on. And in the case of Sonny Liston, did he take a dive? I'm confirming this. 
So I know I kind of pointed it out and I was, it's a little bit hypocritical because I'm kind of going back even in myself, like in real time, this is probably five minute difference in the podcast listening time. It's maybe like 15 seconds. That punch just throws me off. Like once again, it might've been strong, but like for a first, like for a world-class, I know I said a world-class fighter is giving it, but a world-class fighter is also taking that punch. It's also the first round. Unless it's like one of those things of like, it just surprised him. Then, you know, maybe, but you know, that kind of hurts this whole thing. Um, for me about like, it's just like, I look at it and I'm like, that doesn't feel like that's enough to knock him out. Then the other big part for me is, and once again, you can go watch the video of this. It's just kind of like how he deals with like, he doesn't like go straight on the ground. Like when you think about like a knockout, you think about someone just crumpling to the ground. He doesn't do that. He kind of like half falls the ground, kind of like he's going to catch himself. He kind of rolls around. He kind of gets back up and then he falls back down again. It's like weird. It gets off the vibe that he's trying to like, he kind of wants the ref to see him. Um, like, and he wants like the people in the stands to be like, Oh, look, I'm suffering. Like I'm really hurting right now. Like, it looks like he's acting and just doing like a really bad job. Like he's hamming it up too much. Um, you know, kind of like, I also think of like in uh, a kid's, like if a kids are doing a play and like a character dies, like they don't just like, die peacefully. Like someone would like a kid makes them go like, uh, like grasping at their heart and like doing this big old thing. Well, the same is like with how he gets knocked out. It's just weird, the whole animation of the whole thing. Um, which leads me to believe that it was fixed. I also think Sonny Liston had a lot of money that he could have made on this. I think Sonny Liston also knew his career. This was the pinnacle of his career, especially after all the controversy that had been around him. So I think he was kind of maybe in that mindset of, hey, let's you know get here while the getting's good. Uh, there is also another theory, which I think is a very plausible theory is that there's some people who believe that Sonny Liston was afraid he was going to get killed in Maine because of so many people who were trying to kill Muhammad Ali. Like there was so, there's such a strong belief in that people are like, Hey, Sonny Liston might've just taken a dive because he's just trying to get out of there. He's just like, all right, I don't want to die. Let's have this fight. The soonest I can lose. Well, let's make this thing happen. Which I think is an aspect, like, I, you know, I think people haven't thought about enough. There was legitimate concern that Muhammad Ali was going to be assassinated to the point that the government gave him security. You know, once again, those are very credible threats if the government is now giving you security. So, Sonny Liston, who probably didn't have the same amount of protection, is sitting there thinking, okay, so I'm going to sit here in Maine and possibly die for a fight that even if I win, I may not even be recognized as champion because Muhammad Ali has been stripped of the title. Uh, I don't blame if that's, you know, Sonny Liston's idea of like, whatever, I'll take a dive the first chance I get so I can get out of here. I don't really blame him because once again, I would be sitting there on his side, probably once again, with not as much protection as Muhammad Ali was getting feeling like, well, look at all the guys he's got around him. He doesn't feel safe. Why should I feel safe? So at the end of the day, do I think Sonny Liston took a dive? Yes, I am confirming it. His motivations for the dive is still to be, you know, that is still to be determined. Was it because he was afraid for his life and wanted to get out? Was he trying to make money because he was kind of on the back end of his career? We don't know. 
I'll never know. Um, but I just think, you know, first of all, the first fight was kind of shady. The second fight then is kind of shady. There's a lot of background stuff that makes you think, hey, this was thrown. And it's one of those times when there's, you know, if there's a lot of smoke, there's probably a fire. And there's a lot of smoke here. So there's probably a fire somewhere. So, yes, once again, I am confirming that this happened. That Sonny Liston took a dive. All right. So, once again, thank you for listening to another episode of Whatever Wando. I always enjoy making them. I hope you enjoy listening to them. And join us next week as our next episode deals with another conspiracy that I remember wholeheartedly as part of my childhood. And that's whether or not the 2002 Western Conference Game 6, the Western Conference Finals Game 6, was rigged to save the Los Angeles Lakers season. See you then. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.